podcast is brought to you by CEW Plus at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor as we work to serve our community during this unprecedented time of change. Resiliency is best demonstrated in times of challenges. Join CEW Plus Director Tiffany Mara as she talks to students, staff, faculty, and community members connected to the University of Michigan's Center for the Education of Women Plus in our podcast, Strength in the Midst of Change. Thank you for joining me on this call today to share your experiences related to the coronavirus. The purpose of this project is to capture stories of how the coronavirus has impacted your life, including challenges, moments of pride, and strategies for others to learn from. The main audience for this podcast will be students who have child or elder care responsibilities so that they can hear stories of others to assist as they navigate self-care and care of loved ones. Could you please introduce yourself and then describe your old normal and how that has shifted as a result of COVID-19. My name is Maria Flores. I'm an HRN and specialist in the Department of Learning Health Sciences at the med school. I live with my husband and two small children, ages four and two. Comes to my old normal. I would start my day at the office at 7.15, and this is on campus, in the medical campus and go through the day and and my work day at 4.30 and getting home and then just jumping right in into home life as COVID-19 hit and now we're all working from home and all the folks in my department are part of the med school. Um, My entire routine has swapped. Um, So my entire morning routine is like I have my working early um, is a no-go. I can't do that anymore. I have to start my day a lot later, which is kind of throws, throws a wrench into my work realm and kind of like my workflow because I'm an early bird, not super extra early bird, but I like to get things started early. But I mean, like that's kind of been my workspace and just routine-wise like how that's changed. Right now, I during the time when I would be getting you know, my work started is when both my children wake up. So things kick into high gear, breakfast and, and everything, and then I have to start work closer to like 8.45, which is an hour and a half later than I would normally. So this has been one of the, one of the challenges for me and kids who are talking routine-wise and kind of like the switcheroo and taking things into gear. I had to fully recreate a new office space in my home. So that was challenging because I didn't really have the space. And we had to sort of create a new space. So that way I would have a little bit more quiet so I can take calls or do Zoom meetings or anything like that. So it definitely changed how I worked. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing all that. I've got a 10-year-old at home, and yeah, we had to figure out how to create separate spaces so that I could shut a door, because he decided every kitty meme that he came mm-hmm. across was the most funny thing he's ever seen in his life, and that I needed to experience it too. So the first week, it was a lot of, mommy, mommy, come look at this one. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get anything done. But we're figuring things out. I'm also noticing that like my thoughts and concerns have also shifted. Have you noticed at all that what you think about or what you're concerned about on a daily basis has changed as a result of the shifts in your day and you know not being able to start your morning as you usually would and your routine changing? Any thoughts or concerns that have shifted with you? So regarding uh, regarding thoughts, 
in a way, it feels like I'm back into survival mode. Let me explain a little bit about that. So a while ago, I had a health scare, and I really kind of saw my life almost lost. I didn't think I was going to make it. Thankfully, I'm healthy now. But that entire experience kind of brought a new, different perspective. And it, this COVID thing just kind of threw me back and sort of like in that space when I felt that way. And it's really given me that reminder that life is extremely valuable. We only have one of those. So we have to take every day, every moment as if it's our, our last, but not thinking it as in a negative way. What I'm trying to say is just I enjoy it more. I take it more seriously. You know, we, we only have like this one chance to live and to enjoy our families and to do all these kinds of things that, you know, it's a privilege to be alive. So I just, um, I, I, I think I keep on reminding myself, you know, like this is a chance. It's really tough for all of us. And believe me, I have those feelings of helplessness sometimes. Like, I can't do enough. I can't go see my family and Adrian. I can't do this. But then I remind myself, like, yes, you, can, you can't do physically, but you can do other things. And sharing resources and providing those kinds of things for people because we all have the capability of being able to help others. And it really kind of thrives and we can rebuild and we can change things up. So, and I guess, and also in the thought space, I feel like I'm also being more of my true self. I'm not apologizing so much for being me or not holding back. What I mean by that is I'm a woman of color and I've in the past in order to be more passable, accepted and more professional, I've kind of toned down my Mexicanness and I feel like we shouldn't be doing that. And I personally feel more in a way, I don't know if you want to call it liberated, but I feel it's again, this is our reminder. We only have this long life. We got we have to remind folks of who we are and what we can bring in in different ways. I feel like I'm more brave in a way in bringing myself forward and kind of not holding back in that space. I think in the past, like I mentioned, I I felt like I held back a lot more. That's amazing positive outcome of like kind of freeing you from that concern and being able to really express who you are in a more open way. That's amazing. In thinking about your two toddlers, as well as your family you mentioned and Adrian, um, how have your interactions changed Like without that physical contact that we also crave in this time? like How have you managed to stay connected with them? It's been really challenging. My parents, they're not computer illiterate in any way or sort, but they, with the help of my sisters and I, we found a way in getting them to do Skype. So we've been doing Skype meetings so that way they get to see the grandkids. It's been great, but it's also like really sad because my son, he's four and he loves uh, his grandpa and he just wants to hold him. And we're all a bunch of big toddlers, a section of people, like we just give lots of hugs. <laughs> lots of hugs involved, lots of dancing, lots of eating. <laughs> so it, it, not being able to do those Kind of simple, normal things. Have you noticed your interactions with your kids have shifted at all? Y- yes. 
And the the hardest part has so my son he understands a lot. He's he's like this really engaged four year old. And he picks up everything. When I was making masks, and this painful again to make masks. I was sewing masks, and I tested one on myself. And he asked, "Mommy, do you have the COVID virus? The coronavirus? Are you going to be okay?" So I had to talk to him about illness and death and those kinds of things because he understands. And it's really challenging to kind of say, "I'm like a four-year-old kind of kid knows that." And I'm like, I didn't feel like I was prepared enough, you know, to have these conversations with my four-year-old and him talking about heaven. And it was a, it was a challenging day, but I feel like I was as truthful as I could be so that we could understand, but he wasn't afraid. So, and I was hoping that that would be the outcome. Yeah, that's a careful balance with a four-year-old. What would you say has been your greatest challenge in this transition period? I think the, you know, talking about such things, you know, like with my, with my son, now that he understands, and social distancing really from my dad, my mom, sisters, and all the nieces and nephews and Adrian, and just like, you know, thinking about today, today is my dad's birthday. It's, it's just, it's so painful to not be able to give some hugs. So that's kind of like my bigger challenge is just, it's emotional. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. You've been through a, like a lot trying to navigate the space with elder care, child care, you know, nieces, nephews with work shifting. What strategies are you using to mm-hmm. reduce your stress levels? So prior to all of this going on, I had started working out and I've made it kind of like a promise to myself to continue to do to do this, even through having to work out during through all of this. I mean, I'm not like a hardcore workout person in any sort of way. So what I've made is like the kind of my mood in case I'm stressed out and I make sure to find like you know, when I have the days days when I'm not working out, I listen to like my audiobooks or I, I'll watch a show for like a little while to kind of unplug from all of from all the bad news that's going on. Yeah. Now if you could think of one positive come out either personally or in any aspect of your life that surfaced as a result of COVID nineteen, what would that be? I think spending time with my children, more time with them. I get to go downstairs and have lunch with them, and um, they get to decorate my office. I like my office. It's like an art studio now because they have, like, kid art all over the walls. Like, pretty soon I'm not going to have any wall space because they just, they, they just want to build and they just want to be included, and, you know, they, they, they love having me home. So... Just primarily spending time with my kids. Mm-hmm, that's great. Yeah, I've got pictures that my son did for me as well. I'll have to send you pictures. Yeah, they're just kind of a refreshing part of the day to remind me, you know, okay, there's more to life than just work and being able to see people. There's actually a lot yeah. of good coming from this. If you could mm-hmm. think about and reflect on, you know, all that you've accomplished in the past couple months, what are you most proud of as having navigated through this situation? So I think on, on the work end of things, I, I'm a DEI staff lead for our unit. We've, as the DEI committee, have been extending our community building work through our department. What I'm proud of doing, having done in the last few weeks is that 
we've extended that to make it in more like in a digitized space. In our office, our physical office space, I asked that we have a whiteboard in our coffee room where everybody wants to get their coffee and, you know, with some water throughout the day and just asking kind of like a random get to know your colleague kind of question, you know, like a range of different questions. I brought that whiteboard idea and I digitized it so that way we now have this living Google Doc where we ask the same questions, one or two questions a week, and people have a chance to interact that way without having downloaded an additional app or anything like that. And so, you know, like hosting coffee chats, like this morning, I I led in a group through a coffee chat. So it was just a large group of medical employees, staff. What we did is we used Zoom and I divided up the group and we just chatted and I had some kind of prompt questions for people to ask. People really seem to enjoy it. So I'm I'm really proud of, of doing that and kind of bringing the community that we all need. Not the same, but as being in front of uh, my colleagues, but it's, it feels closer as in like, okay, we're not alone and we're experiencing all of this. So just kind of giving people that space. That sounds like a great next step for DEI work and connecting people. I remember the first Zoom meeting I had with staff, there were three other staff on the Zoom meeting, and just seeing them, I couldn't stop smiling because I had not seen them in over a week, and it just felt like, you know, after not having been present with them, it was the next best thing at the time. I just remember that whole meeting, I couldn't stop Mm -hmm. smiling. Because it just meant so much to be able to see everybody and their expressions and everything else. Yeah, I feel I feel the same way, for sure. Now, I know a lot of us have been binge-watching or resting on different podcasts, books, YouTube videos, or other content to kind of pass time in this stay-home order. If you could recommend one TV show, movie, podcast, recipe, book, YouTube video, or other content you'd recommend to others who might be listening, what would you recommend? I would recommend... This YouTube channel is called Simply Mama Cook. It's specifically a video on how to make soft flour tortillas. <laughs> I finally got to perfect the tortillas, and it was her video that kind of helped me make them. <laughs> yeah, I, I always ruined making flour tortillas in the past, and after watching that video, now they're really nice and soft and fabulous. See, now that's something to be proud of, because I've seen... Abuela's making tortillas, and it's no small feat. <laughs> it's definitely a craft. <laughs> no, I mean, like, my mom is always like, well, you just add a little piece of this. And nothing is measured with my mom. Right. So it's, like, really hard to follow. But this this lady, she's like, so, like, breaks down all the details. And I'm like, oh, okay, now that makes sense. And now, now I have the... <laughs> the recipe with measurements down for other things. I mean, you know, that my mom taught me to make up. Like, I get it because I've been able to be with her a lot more to measure out her measurements, her pincher, her like sprinkle or whatever she uses. So it's, uh, this, that video was really helpful. So another show that I've been watching is a Better Fall Song, which is like a spin, a spin off of Breaking Bad. And I, I just like that show because it's like, I'm fascinated by like how, characters kind of shift with uh, different circumstances and there, there's a lot of like the societal forces and how people change in that so I find that kind of fascinating. 
Yeah, we watched the whole Breaking Bad series. It was great. And we haven't gotten into Better Call Saul, but it's on our list of, of ones to watch right now. We're watching Nurse Jackie, which is pretty good, too. Oh, I love that. I watched all of it. Did you really? All right. We're in season one, I think, episode I four. That, I mean, like, that was, I mean, that was, a, yeah, that was, uh, I watched them a long time ago. And my husband and I got hooked on watching Nurse Jackie. Yeah, it's so, pretty good. It, uh, it was really good. Yeah. All right. Finally, do you have any words of inspiration or a quote you'd like to share? I mean, if, if there's anything, I just wish for everyone to keep thinking positive. I know it's difficult. Find your center and and reach out to others. I know a lot of folks that don't feel like they can reach out to just kind of have that video chat. You initiate it. You ask your colleagues for a coffee chat. You reaching out means a lot, even you know if you think that it doesn't. It does. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you so much for participating in this. But I greatly appreciate that you've made time to do this and to share your story. Thank you for listening to CEW's podcast, Strength in the Midst of Change. To learn more about this episode or the services and virtual programming offered by CEW+, please visit cew.umich.edu. Here at CEW Plus, we navigate circumstantial barriers by providing academic, financial, and professional support to help you reach your personal potential. Established to support women through higher education, we lift up women and all underserved communities at the University of Michigan and beyond. Through career and education counseling, funding, workshops, events, and a diverse, welcoming community, we exist to empower. We are CEW Plus, and we are here to help you reach your potential. The University of Michigan resides on the traditional territories of the three fires peoples, the Ojibwa, Odawa, and Potawatomi.